get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Time now for the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fourth of July edition. <laughs> Bottle service. Bottle service. Bottle service. Yeah. Fireworks. 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 Oh, welcome in. It's Balloon Party. Jackson, I hate to start this very special holiday weekend edition of Balloon Party with this news for the audience here on 101 ESPN. Especially when it's our 18th anniversary show. 18 month. You didn't need to say that. Right. But this is my last show until uh, July 17th. Bottle service. Where's the music? (laughs) Fireworks. Fireworks. Now, I will be doing some TMAing from vacation. But Balloon Party, I'm handing the keys over. And there was some breaking news. There was some breaking news at about 10 o'clock right outside the studios here at 101 ESPN. And there's a little buzz in the air. Little buzz. A little buzz in the air about it being what? While I am vacationing at your parents' home in the Hamptons. Right. There's a, a tiny little buzz. You know, I can I can hear the they're circling right now that could be myself, mm. Matthew Rocchio. St. Gabriel's. St. Gabriel's does the opening drive. Sure. Andrew Marsh. Oh, you're you're you got you guys go out and get Cosmopolitans together. Uh yeah, Manhattans and, and Cosmopolitans. Um and then uh Grant Francis, obviously Tanner is more than welcome to be invited. Kind of like a little producer's round table. Wow, wow, wow. And we would take the 10 to 11 hour while you are My word. in the Hamptons. And Unbelievable. I, I think it'll be a great show. It's really what the people now, what want. About the, 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 you didn't mention the Plowhawk. Right. So, um, Tim, oh. you, you're, you, <laughs> I want you to listen to me. I want you to listen to me good. You've been involved in negotiations across your 20-plus Hall of Fame Thank you for saying it. Because if you didn't, I would have. Right. And it's kind of like when you introduce Roland Williams at an event. Make sure you say Super Bowl champion. Yeah. Like, i got to treat this like Joe DiMaggio? Yeah. Yes. Like like okay. Dame Judy Dench. Um, and so um, you've been involved in nego- negotiations, and sometimes to get deals across, you have to make sacrifices you know, maybe leave something that you wanted out of the proposition for the sake of getting it done. Um, Plowhawk was unfortunately collateral damage in a sense. He was, and oh. it's not, Plowhawk is my brother. I drove him to work today. Like, he is so great, and I love him. But he is, uh, he has not appeared on 101 before, and so, you know, it's going to be tough to get him involved. I would love him to be involved because I think he's great, and I think this audience would love him. Uh, he is very critical of the Cardinals, uh, especially from a front office perspective. Having said that, uh, to get this across, sometimes you kind of have to make uh, make a deal. And so I made a deal. 
In 2008, I played in the World Series of Poker main event. It was my first one. I played in five. Maybe I'll return. Most likely I won't. Games pass me by, I'll be honest with mm-hmm. you. There's wizards there. Many of them are from Russia. Right. Uh, the Pacific Rim. Hopped up on Adderall like the Dickens. Yeah. Uh, and a 46-year-old gentleman from the Midwest. They've passed me by. I know that. But in 2008, I sat at that main event table, and I laid down pocket aces on the flop when a gentleman put his stack in the middle. And I had developed a rapport with Chris Moneymaker, who 20 years ago changed the game by winning the main event. And I got on the phone with Chris Moneymaker. And I said to Chris Moneymaker, did I rate the right call? Did I make the right call Mm -hmm. by laying him down? And he goes, did the guy say anything? I said, yeah, he gave me his long explanation as to why. He goes, well, then he was bluffing you. (laughs) And that was a lesson you learned. And that is my response to the five minutes I just heard about Darren Atkins not being part of next week's balloon party. I didn't, I'm I'm kind of lost. I'm not going to lie to you. Because you're bluffing at the pot. You're bluffing at the pot. That's what I say. I'm not bluffing. You're bluffing at the pot. Listen, I wanted Plowhawk. It could have been, uh, you know, if that was going to be an issue. And not an issue from a sense like everyone loves Plowsy. He's awesome. I think Plowhawk could be a god on 101 ESPN. I do, too. I love Plowhawk, and I think he would be outstanding over here. But if that's not what uh, people are looking for, then, I, you know, you have to make a deal. I couldn't be in a more tough situation because I love Plowhawk. Hey, you want to stand in, the, in front of this microphone next week? I know, I know, I know. It's not always joker takes. <laughs> but it can be. That's exactly what it can be. Oh, goodness. Tommy's going to say, hey, can you chime in from Hilton Head real quick? Jackson's and Rocky are going full NBA. Yeah, and then the people will be going crazy, loving it. Uh, speaking of which, uh, ESPN uh, with layoffs this morning, uh, Andrew Marchand of the New York Post reporting, Jeff Van Gundy and Jalen Rose are out, and there's going to be 20 other high-profile on-air names. They're like going one by one as I guess they meet with the uh, corporate partnership at uh, Disney that says you got to reduce expenses by $10 million. Jeez. And uh, and so those moves are being made, uh, and Jackson is tied to that with the association, of course. But here on this program, uh, we welcome you to get involved anytime you would like. 314-399-9646. Adam Wainwright, debacle last night. Uh, what's your emotion when you see what took place? You saw the way he walked off. You saw the way he sat in the dugout and saw the way he addressed the media. Just first thing that comes to mind. First thing, My emotion? 100%. Yes. Exasperation. Exasperation, really. Just tired of seeing the same thing. God, that's. A, I, I wonder if more people are where you are or where I am. I feel sad. Hmm. I feel really sad. I suppose... I may feel exasperation if the team were leading the division by a few games or trailing in the division by a few games. But as Ali Marmol said last night when asked about Nolan Arenado playing, I thought it was really kind of a talk about honesty in media. Hmm. He goes, you know, you take a look at our record and where we are in the standings. A lot of guys would maybe ask for the day off, and it says a lot about Nolan that he fought to get in there in, in DH. And I'm going, wow, that's kind of an acknowledgment of... How you view things? Maybe I shouldn't have put that money on the uh, plus eight fifty to win the central. If if yeah. the manager is talking like that, albeit I don't blame him for talking like right. that. I mean, it's it's certainly what the case is mathematically. But because they are where they are, and they're as far back as they are, and the team is in the spot where they are, and also mainly, mainly, I just, I'm telling you, 
over the last 20 plus years in St. Louis sports, so let's go back to 2000. That's where I always like to try to keep things to keep both the youngs and the olds in the conversation. Sure. Favorite athletes in St. Louis? Mount Rushmore, I would say, or but when you when you factor in personality, right? Like, so for me, I might be the most talented since 2000 when it comes yeah. to broadcasting, no doubt. But my personality destroys it. Right. See what I'm saying? You got to take both into account. Exactly. Yeah. So Kurt Warner, talent and personality. Adam Wainwright, talent and personality. Who else is on your Mount Rushmore? It's Mount Rushmore season, yo. Uh, Anytime it's All Star Week, it's Mount Rushmore season. Absolutely. I think I think Yadi is, and it's a different personality than it is from Wainwright and Warner, where it's like he gets fired up on the field, and I think people really like like that. They like that he's like the protector of the Cardinals. I think people really did like that, especially after 2010 with the Reds thing. I think he got a lot of equity with the fans, and he's obviously what he is behind the plate, incredible. So I'm going to put Yadi in there, and then. Pat Maroon, maybe. I'm serious. 2019, and he's like such a like big. I mean, the energy. He was kind of like that central energy figure on the 2019 team. I put Pat Maroon in there as well. I'm a Patty Maroon lemming, uh, golf partner, podcast partner. Um, I would say if you're going to take that, I might go with O'Reilly more with the Con Smythe and also some of the things he did off the ice. Yeah, because you're combining the performance and and also the personality. I mean, you can't really go wrong with with Pat Maroon. Maroon's kind of like our Travis Kelsey, where he's like a great player, but he's also like this like full on entertainment. Yeah, exactly. At the very least, I would imagine damn near everyone would include Kurt Warner and Adam Wainwright in yeah. there. Yep, yep. And so this is this, this is I'm really sad. I'm not angry about it. There, there's kind of become what I sense anyway, a narrative that I think is false of Wainwright took the Cardinals money. That's BS. And because by definition, he is getting paid from the Cardinals. So he is taking the Cardinals money. But I want to expound on that. And then the Cardinals made a dumb move when they brought him back. Adam Wainwright was going to be the game one starter in the playoffs before he had a bad final three weeks of the season. So we've got to, you know, if we're going to have the conversation, let's let's make sure we include the facts. Now, he was bad in the final three weeks of the season, and he didn't throw a pitch in that very brief series with the Phillies. But this wasn't like this was what Adam Wainwright was doing in 2022, or even half as bad. Uh, and then the Cardinals brought him back just because Bill DeWitt, you know, was emotional and wanted to throw him $17 million. And on top of that, Adam Wainwright was good and thought that he had done a couple of things that had led to his problems in the final few weeks of the season. So I feel like that's kind of a that that's a complaint that I didn't hear much about when the deal was done mm-hmm. for the record. Did you tell me if I, I'm wrong? I, I on don't that one. I don't remember anyone really. I thought it was kind of like a, like, oh, Wainwright's coming back for another year. And, and like, you know that they're going to sign him and this is what it's going to cost. Right. I just feel like that. And then on Wilson Contreras, people were super fired up because I was catching hell for not being fired up about it. But we were all going, wow, where's the pitching? Wow, they're really counting on Jack Flaherty. So this is my memory from doing, you know, three shows with my podcast, with TMA and with Balloon Party. And not everybody, but a lot of people were up against it with the blues and going, what are you doing not bringing Prawn back? And I'm talking about this time 11 months ago. So people were, I'm trying to, call out what is Monday morning quarterbacking and what people were on. And people were on the Cardinal pitching staff and people were on and going, Jack Flaherty, you're counting on Jack Flaherty to be the key to this rotation? What in the world? 
but not necessarily going, Adam Wainwright's coming back. What? So I feel like that's Monday morning quarterback. But here's where I am. I feel terribly for him. You know, I watched that post-game press conference last night, and he's apologizing. You don't see athletes apologize too often. He's apologizing to the fans. I know they feel sometimes remorse, but apologizing to the fans, saying he came to the ballpark with one of the best attitudes and and belief systems that he had coming into his start this year. He was certain it was going to go well. And then when it goes like that, that's different than, say, you know, whatever sport you're playing, uh, if you kind of feel like, in, you know, internally, you're not necessarily a hundred percent or, you know, you got a distraction off the field or, or you just don't feel it that particular day. He felt it and he still lasted an inning and two thirds and walked off the field like that. And for everything that he has given, not just to the organization, but to this community yeah. and the fan base and the absolute first-class manner with which he has carried himself throughout, and you're talking two decades worth, I feel terribly for him. And yes, I recognize he has hundreds of millions of dollars in the bank and his great-grandchildren won't have to work, but you know, there are plenty of people who play sports who can say that, um, but not many conduct themselves from the personality standpoint off the field and also on the field. And then also from the charitable standpoint, like Wainwright does, he's the real deal, and he also is a uh, a believer. And I'm not saying that from the religious standpoint, although I guess by definition he would acknowledge himself as a believer. I'm talking about he always is looking for the positive to the point that you kind of go, okay, Wainwright says everything's going to be all right. Well, he's always going to say everything's going to be all right. And he was on with Randy Brook and Kerry earlier this year saying, you know, we're going to be all right. And, right. you know, here we are and we're on the, the threshold of July and it's certainly not all right. But he shows up yesterday thinking he's going to right the ship and he lasts an inning and two thirds. I feel terribly for him. I know that might not be great sports talk radio, I suppose, because anger is what sells. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on the honesty train, and that's where, that's how I feel. I feel terribly for him. Uh, so uh, what is your emotion? What was the one you used? Exasperated? Is yeah. that what you said? Yeah. Well, I'm more so in the team than Wainwright. Just like, oh, man, you know. Yeah, but I'm talking about Wainwright. I mean, the team is what it is at this point. But, yeah, but Wainwright too, man, because it's been like, you know, because I love Adam Wainwright. He's, ever since I've started watching baseball, Adam Wainwright's been one of the key members of the Cardinals. And to see him like this, yeah, sad is certainly one of the emotions, but also it's like, I want to see the team win, and he's gone out there twice now. So, in a what row. would you like to see him do about him? Oh man, I mean, there's so little you can do outside. Well, you can pull him from the rotation. You can put him on the IL. The IL thing would probably be best just to get him right, get some figured out. But who knows? I don't know if you can fix velocity That's at 41 years old. That's the thing. It's just all those curveballs and the sinker, and it's like. And as you said on TMA, if the fastball is hovering in the mid-80s, then the changeup has a very useless. little effectiveness. Yeah. Um, Ali Marmol said after the game he's going to make his next start. He's scheduled to start on the 4th of July against the Marlins in Miami. And you might go, oh, that'll be a nice respite. If you stop by the standings, you'll see that the Marlins would be big time in first place in the National League Central. They'd be tied for first place in the National League West. They would have clinched the American League Central. They are 14 <laughs> games over 500. And Skip Schumacher. Yeah is doing a hell of a job. Absolutely. By the way, I'm going to deep tease this for the next segment. Skip Schumacher did an interview on the Dan Lebitard show, and he said something that I thought was quite interesting. I'll tell you what that is on the other side of the break, as it might tie into the Cardinals. That's next here on Balloon Party, driven by Mungan, St. Louis, Acura, and all the Toyota 101 ESPN. 
right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. This is Balloon Party. 101 ESPN. There's a lot of stuff going on in this commercial break, and I'm excited about it. I think we're all excited about it. This Mike Ryder. You know what you are, Ryder? The Rune Arledge of 101 ESPN. Do you know who Rune Arledge is? I know uh, that show Arliss about the sports agent. Well, that's great and irrelevant all at the same time. Uh, that's what I... You said Rue Arliss? <laughs> Rue McClanahan played the role of Blanche, Blanche. on Golden Girls. Right, and our boy... Pla- also irrelevant. Yeah, Plowboy thought he was on, she was on the Miracle on Ice team. <laughs> Don't believe so. Could have been. Should have should have been. Should have been. I agree with that. Uh, Rune Arledge, American sports and news broadcasting executive who was president of AB sports, ABC Sports from 1968 until 1986 and ABC News from 1977 to 1998. Uh, so he was a famous sports television executive for four decades. Gotcha. And that's what I'm saying, Mike Ryder. That's ever, what I'm saying. Did you ever watch that uh, show, Arliss? I did. I'm surprised you did because it was like on when you were conceived. I've only seen like clips of it and stuff, but I remember, it was the same guy that was in Bull Durham. Is like Robert the, Wool. Robert Wool. Yeah, Bob Wool. Right. Shout out to Bob Wool. So and you Arliss. just wanted to ask me if I, this is like the Chris Farley show. Is there a point? Should they like bring it back? <laughs> Who would have thought we'd be discussing whether or not Arliss should be rebooted? But that is the topic today. I think it's about time someone asked the question. Right. This is just more. This is a little peek into next week's balloon Bingo, party Tim. when I'm on vacation. <laughs> hey, did you guys hear 101 today at 10? They talked about whether or not Arliss is coming back. Wasn't that on in 1995? It was, but they're still talking about it. What defunct half hour prestige shows would you like to see come back? Text Different in. strokes. Yeah. It would be tough, a lot of holograms, but still fun. Yeah, that would make it all the more impressive. They I can agree. do a lot with CGI these days, I Tim. I agree with you. You know what makes today special? Uh, it's time for the little piddles. Friday Six Shooter? Boom! I thought we were delivering on the tease of Skip Schumacher. Oh, yeah, thank you. Skip Schumacher's on with Dan Levitard. You ever watch Levitard? You like Levitard? I do I can like, see you liking Levitard. I do like Levitard. I liked so him. He used to be on ESPN. He yeah. did the show with his dad. I, li- I actually, I really like, highly questionable. I really like that show. And he left uh, ESPN and started up his own thing. Is that Meadowlark Media? Meadowlark, Is yeah. that what it is? Okay. With him and Skipper. Yes, John Skipper, who used to be the head of ESPN. So uh, they do their show. He does it from Miami Beach. Obviously, the Marlins are in Miami, uh, although I think many people in Miami aren't aware of that. <laughs> and Skip Schumacher has the team 14 games over 500. So now they're starting to talk about it a little bit. You know, Panthers are done. Dolphins aren't playing. Hurricanes aren't playing. So what are we going to talk about? Oh, we'll have Skip in. Skip comes in. Skip does an interview with Lebitard. Super popular show. I don't know what kind of presence it has in St. Louis, but I can tell you it's got a national presence. And here's Skip Schumacher. Our friend Jared, Skip Schumacher, former center fielder, former second baseman with the Cardinals, former coach with the Cardinals, former coach with the Padres. And Lebetard asks him, what's working with uh, the team so well? And he starts talking about the coaching staff and how everybody is pulling in the same direction. That includes first base coach, former Cardinal John Jay. And how it's a great situation because he has been on staffs before where guys are trying to get other guys' jobs. Whoa. And then I'm like, let me make sure that it is what I think it is. He's been on two staffs, the Padres and the Cardinals. So. uh, Yeah. (laughs) 
That's an awkward conversation. Yeah. So I don't know if he was talking about the Cardinals. I know the Padres fans who hate their team right now think they were ta- that he was talking about the Padres, but he hadn't been there for a little while. Uh, and I know that Cardinals fans who are aware of this, and I don't know how many Cardinals fans were locked into the Levitard clip, uh, thought that he was talking about the Cardinals. Either way, uh, Skip Schumacher is managing a team that uh, was expected to do nothing this year to a dangerous team. Oh, yeah. A dangerous team. 14 games over 500. Absolutely. And if they weren't in that division, they'd be in first place in any other division in the National League. So... They're looking to adopt a team this year. It's the team the Cardinals have four against next week, and that is the Miami Marlins. And I would tell you with confidence, plenty of seats are available if you want to make the trip. Uh, yeah, Jackson. Yeah. First, I've been to Marlins Park. Oh, it you have been? A hell of an experience. Not great. Um, but Schumacher was hired November 6, 2021. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that was after Schilt had been fired and Marmol was named new manager that is correct yes he was let go in october of 21 yes and so then a year later he became the manager of the marlins so there was no change in manager and there were changes while he was in san diego because he was there for three and that is why padres fans are adamant it has to be their operation right and that would stand to reason just based but on both fan bases are incredibly angry the angriest fan base right now in baseball i would tell you is who who do you want to take a bet on i guess it's the folks in queens new york that's live as weird as it is i think it might be the new york yankees and oh, you go, and what are they 20 games under 500 no they're nearly 10 games over <laughs> but uh because of the aaron judge health situation the Yankees, in general, just the expectations, uh, it is uh, full-on anger. So you have two frustrated, traditionally powerful fan bases uh, meeting this weekend with the Cardinals and the uh, and the Yankees doing battle at Bush Stadium. Uh, Jackson, uh, you fired up to see? Have you ever seen the Yanks play? No, I don't think I have. Maybe, I mean, I used to go out to New York every, like, two or three months when I was very little, like very little. You spent two or three months at that, that place where I'm going to be? That and... Uh, like, and that's next to Billy Joel. He's just to the north, right, and Stern's yeah, to the south? It, it's a little bit bigger than Billy's house, and that's kind of a problem, but it's a little smaller than John Bon Jovi's. So oh, I didn't like, know you were Bon Jovi. Yeah, yeah. And then Seinfeld down the road, so it's a good mm-hmm. group. We have mm-hmm. dinner every once in a while. But I used to go when I was really little and my grandfather was sick, and so maybe I would have gone to a Yankee game at that point, but... I've been to Met games. My mom's side of my family, which is from New York, is all Met fans. So I've seen plenty of Mets games, but I don't think I've ever seen the Yankees play. The Bronx Bombers. The old money in New York, Mets and, uh, no, Yankees and Giants fans. Really? The new money, Mets and, uh, or the blue collar, Mets and Jets. Beats me. I don't, know, I don't know the reason for that, but since you spend so much time in the Hamptons, maybe that can be another thing you can talk about along with the return of Arliss next week. Right. My family is Mets, Giants, Knicks, oh, wow. and Islanders, but they're from Long Island. Like, my my mom's side's from Long Island. So so they believe in the aisle, and they got to see a bunch of chalices in the early 1980s. Yeah, big time. So um, Did you really know that there? Yeah, I did, actually. I knew. I kind of believed you did. I was folding, even though it was surprising to me that I felt like you did know that the Islanders went on a run. The 80s right were. Before uh, number 99 and the I was the just oil. about to say that. The, the 80s were dominated by the Islanders and the Oilers, which were the same colors. Ryder is shaking his head. <laughs> Ryder is now changing his mind on what he came in and said during the commercial. I'm going to lose my own show. <laughs>
Uh, all right, we will have the Lil Piddles uh, Friday Six Shooter, a tradition unlike any other, coming up in the second half of Balloon Party, driven by Mongodass, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota here on 101 ESPN. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I'm sorry, I didn't get a chance to hear all of that sports center update. What was the second part? Yeah, so, uh, you know, Dennis Schroeder, Lakers. I wouldn't know him if he were co-hosting with me today. Uh, he's a pretty, pretty serviceable point guard in the NBA, German guy. Um, so it looks like Schroeder, but Schroeder. Uh, good defensively, good height and, see- and speed. I mean, he's just kind of middle-of-the-road point guard, but I don't know. I- I'd be curious if the Lakers want to resign him. They're looking at Bruce Brown. More of that next week. <laughs> <laughs> it's balloon party driven by Munganess, St. Louis Acura, and old Toyota here on 101 ESPN. Uh, do we have a mic drop? Well, we probably do, but I'm not positive at the moment. And you know my policy. I can't. Err on the side of caution. I have to. You'd hate to lose your big opportunity by playing a profanity-laced mic drop. Right? Like, wouldn't that be the worst? All right. So we'll save that for our uh, final segment uh, of uh, this version of Balloon Party until July 17th. But now we get uh, my final six-shooter for a few weeks. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Friday Lil Piddle Six-Shooter. Woot, woot, woot. Okay, so uh, I obviously started the six-year off with an Adam Wainwright thing. Mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. we've covered that pretty good, so I'm going to go to the second thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is such an interesting moment in St. Louis Cardinals history. Over the last 20 years, or even longer, they have been a staple in October baseball. However, starting in 2016, they missed the playoffs three consecutive years, and they followed it up with an NLS, uh, I'm sorry, NLCS appearance in 2019, albeit one that I think everyone would agree was not their best NLCS team. Then, quick playoff exits every year following. I find this interesting because this is the first year without Yachty, the second year for a very young manager, and the first time in my life that I felt the question marks heading into the season outweighed the excitement for the season itself. I agree with that. The handling of the worst start in recent memory for the Cardinals seems to be bad from the top down, from president of baseball operations to manager. Do you think this is an example of the chickens coming home to roost? Do you think this is a start of a this is a start of a top down situation where situations have been handled poorly in almost all elements coming from the very top of the organization down throughout? Well, I love this question. This we could we could we could handle the rest of the program with this question here. Thank you. On a deep dive. I enjoy it. Uh, all right, let's go with question one. Repeat question one once again, please, sir. We'll go one by one baby one by one so do you think that based on this top-down situation from president of baseball operations to manager do you think there's an example of the chickens coming home to roost the answer to that question is yes uh in here is is my reasoning and i'm gonna i'm gonna bring it to present day with the trade deadline now in part i understand because in 16 and 17 and 18 at the trade deadline, the Cardinals were live for one of the wild card or the National League Central. And so they were kind of in a weird spot. And also, 
As any Cardinal fan knows, the 2006 Cardinals and the 2011 Cardinals didn't look like they were going to be world champions, and yet, alas, they won the world championship, whereas there were plenty of Cardinal teams before and after those teams that I think people would say were actually better teams during the regular season. So I think both the fan base, but more importantly, ownership and management, tend to think the unlikely is more likely to happen than is really realistic Mm -hmm. uh, because they've hit twice on two very unlikely sets of circumstances with the 2006 and 2011 runs. So with that said, the fact that the Cardinals continue to try to expand the championship window, a phrase that we hear in the NHL and with the Blues, and didn't really pull the plug, uh, I think that is where you're finding the chickens coming home to roost, which is why if they are indeed out of it four weeks from now or less, I really hope they do bail. And we just don't know if Bill DeWitt will because we haven't seen him in this spot. I read this morning. It's the front page story on ESPN.com right now, Jackson. It was mm-hmm. just posted this morning. Uh, this is the, the column written by David Schoenfeld, ESPN senior writer. And Paul Goldschmidt is on the cover of ESPN.com this morning. One player, all 30 MLB teams should trade for or away this July, and the Cardinals are literally the first one. The Cardinals are in last place in the NL Central with a terrible record and will face an off-season task of reconfiguring the rotation with Montgomery, Flaherty headed into free agency, Wainwright in retirement. So maybe they just blow it all up now, all the way down to trading Goldschmidt, who is a free agent after 24. On the other hand, they haven't had a losing season since 07, and the division is so bad that one extended good streak before the trade deadline could get them back in the race. Realistically, though, the team isn't going anywhere in 2023. It's time to think about rebuilding the pitching staff for 24 and beyond. And considering the Cardinals rarely spend big in free agency, Wilson Contreras' $87.5 million deal this past offseason is the largest contract they've ever given a player for another team. Trading Goldschmidt for some young pitching might be the best way to jumpstart the retooling. And for the record, I could not agree more with that. Uh, I'd be curious if the fan base would be on board with that. Just uh, text in trade Goldschmidt, don't trade Goldschmidt. Uh, just yeah, a little straw poll, yeah. little, little casual Friday holiday weekend straw poll. Love it. Where people are, would you trade him? Would you not trade him? Because I think it's a polarizing. I really respect. I really like Ben Fredrickson, who writes for the St. Louis Post Dispatch. He wrote a great column on Wainwright yesterday. Before the, yeah. you read that, yes, before that debacle, yep. Um, so he wasn't writing it this morning. He wrote it before the debacle about, hey, there's honor in stepping down. Uh, and so I respect Ben's opinion, even if sometimes I don't agree with him. And uh, he is really against trading Paul Goldschmidt. Yeah. Uh, from my standpoint, I do think the Cardinals have a chance, albeit dwindling, of winning the National League Central. But realistically, realistically... Uh, how far in the playoffs can this team go with the rotation that they have? Now, I realize they could add to the rotation and then it can change things, but are they really going to do that considering the sets of circumstances that they have? And so if indeed they are going nowhere and if at this time next month they are out of it, I would love for them to trade Paul Goldschmidt. I think the organization needs to take a page from what the Blues did this year. The Blues decision, though, was easy. Those guys are free agents after the year. Why are you smirking at me? I'm sorry. Do you want me to come over there and show you what 155 pounds of South City Irishmen can do? 
I'm I was smirking because the text line is rolling like a slot machine, and I would say it's split 50-50 with a third vote being Trey Jackson. So that's why I'm smirking. I'm sorry. A third of the vote is to trade you? No, but if there was an option three, it would be Trey Jackson. Right. Where are you going to go? Dodgers? Anywhere, I guess. I assume the Mets or Yankees. Somewhere with an NBA team. <laughs> What are the people saying? They're split on the Goldschmidt thing? Yeah. They're in? Yeah. I would say it's almost like if we get a text saying trade Goldie, the next one says don't trade him. Well, but that, okay, just open it up. Fan base is ready. Time to blow it up. The, the, here's the thing. Here's one of the things. I want to add this little contingency on it. I think people are confident that it is time to make a move. Mm-hmm. I don't know if people are confident that John Mazalak is the one to be the one making the moves. And therefore, the yeah. conundrum. It's warranted, too. I mean, you look, especially in the last five years, obviously you have the Goldie and Arenado to get them here. But outside of those, I mean, trades I think you and I have offered could have uh, given the expertise and said, yeah, we'll take that. Yeah, we'll take Paul Goldschmidt. Oh, you're going to pay for Nolan Arenado? Right. Let me get back to you real quick. Right. The talent he's evaluated hasn't necessarily been great, and the talent that he has given away, or not given away, but let go by the wayside, has proven to be really, really solid. So I understand fans' distrust in the allocation of dollars. Uh, and and it's, it's certainly reasonable. And uh, you had uh, two more questions in that one, and I've taken... Way too much time with uh, the first one. I think, you, so you liked that? Oh, I'm sorry. This is the second part of this question. Yes. Do you think this historically bad start is a top-down situation where situation has been poorly handled in almost all elements this year, resulting in the poor product on the field? Yes, because I don't know what they were doing this offseason, which is why, and I don't know if they'll ever say it. Maybe they will. I think that there has to be something that went on this offseason that they did not expect. And now... I don't know that, to be clear. I'm not, like, giving them an out because somebody whispered in my ear. I'm not. I, it just doesn't make sense. The behavior of saying we're going we're gonna to increase the payroll, and then they don't, I mean, they do by the letter of the law, but they really didn't by what was indicated in right. that press conference. And then also the situation that they have with the Bally's thing and that television revenue, I think that's a real thing. I, I get the sense, though, they don't really want to talk about it. And then I don't know why that is. I don't. I don't know. I, I, but that's a problem. If you if you have sixty million dollars in revenue, and if your payroll this year is I'll call it one hundred seventy five, I mean that counts, right. you know. And I know people go, well, Bill DeWitt's a billionaire. Too bad. But you can say that. But that's not the way it, things really work. Billionaires are going, oh, I'll take on a two hundred million dollar loss. What does it matter? I'm a billionaire. You know, yeah. that's message board chairmanship. <laughs> I think it's probably such an odd spot because while Bowie's and Diamond is obviously in the shape it's in, the Cardinals are one of the, I don't know, a few teams. Oh, but 100%. You're right on that. One of the few teams that are profitable for them. So like they're kind of in the awkward spot of like, yeah, Diamond's not doing great, but we're doing great for them. So it's probably... Well, a- they know it's going to go away soon. Right. And just, you know, however it goes away, is it going to replicate $60 million? I'd be surprised. I, I don't know. Outside. And so that's that's a concern. And then it goes back to this is the 23rd market in the country, and the Cardinals have been kind of playing above their skis, so to speak. Uh, and what is your uh, final question, sir, on that Cardinal uh, three-parter? That was it. That was, it, was, okay. it was a long-worded second question. I enjoyed the questions. Thank you. I enjoyed the questions. Uh, let me see. I'm scrolling through. I feel like there's more in the don't trade, Goldie. 
I mean, like it's, it's, it's certainly it's certainly not like overwhelming one way or the other, but I'd say it's probably at fifty five forty five. Like yeah. I think it's it's pre- like I said, like it was I was getting ones that were saying trade them, and the next one saying not. Um. So, I, and I would understand the split because it's obvious, like it's weird to trade a guy who's been so great and is still really good, but it's not a full rebuild. I think if you if you get if you were to move them, I agree. That's the thing about it. I don't even know if it's like even a half rebuild. I think it'd just be a retool. Whether he's here or not, the pitching staff needs to be rebuilt. And we knew that going into the year. There was one gentleman under contract, and his name was Stephen Matz, heading into the season for 2024. You right. knew that you were going to have to extend Michaelis or let him go. Montgomery, Flaherty, free agents, Wainwright retiring. That's indefensible. That's indefensible. That's indefensible if you're the Pirates, much less the Cardinals. So that's why I'm saying... There had to be something. There just had to be something. Or there is something. It's not even past tense. All right, we'll take a break. Uh, more of the six-shooter uh, coming up. This is Balloon Party. You're my mom and I say, Lissac, you're an Alton Toyota. 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Welcome back. It is the final segment of this version of Balloon Party, but there is going to be a hostile takeover for the next two weeks, and I hope the 101 ESPN listeners are ready. I think they're going to be really excited. I think they're going to come into it a little bit sheepish, like, I don't really know if this is for me, and then by the end of it, they're going to be, like, you know, wanting merch. Wanting merch. Yeah, with all of our faces on it. So... That's my prediction, at least. That's what I'm expecting as well. Uh, I will be uh, vacationing in the Hamptons at Jackson's parents' place, uh, which is next to Billy Joel and John Bon Jovi's. I thought it was Billy Joel and Howard Stern, but it's John Bon Jovi's. Stern and Seinfeld are just on the other side, like on this different beach. I don't look down upon it because it's nice, don't get me wrong, but there's better stuff out there. Uh, Stephen Wildwood has uh, left a mic drop via the 101 ESPN app. Let's take a uh, listen here, Jackson. What the holy hell is going on down there? 14 to nothing! I think Wayno tripped over his balls on the way to the dugout. He's so damn old. DeWallet, open it up and spend some money. Bowtie, get yourself some pitching. Fire more mall. And what's the meat in this town doing? Running and hiding. Timmy, enjoy yourself on the island. Wish I could afford to go, you jackass. Tired of it. Wow. Rational. You know, I was looking forward to some time with my wife and my two boys. Now you got to look in the mirror. And now I got to look in the mirror and go, am I running and hiding? Yeah. Am I leaving my post at the most crucial time? Yeah. All-star week. Yeah. It's really convenient that you would leave and not be on here to break down the home run derby. I don't know how I'm going to explain that to... Well, you'll be focused on Arliss. Right. Well, that's just the first of one of my many conquests I'm looking to go on in this week and a half. <laughs> Arliss was just, that was just the Trojan horse to get me in the door. How about this from the 636? I'm excited for Jackson, despite hey. missing out on Tim's greatness for two weeks. That's the perfect text, right? Is that there. the text? Are we yeah. giving away a text? Are we yeah. giving away El Monstero tickets? I wish I could like put that text into Amber and save it forever, because that would give me a. I think we might places. be giving away. I just, I just said that, and then I looked and I go, oh, I think I was supposed <laughs> to be giving away El Monstero tickets. We are. That's on me. My bad. <laughs> well, maybe there it is. That's the winner right there. <laughs> Uh, guys, that is the greatest mic drop in 101 ESPN history. That is from the 618. 
There you go. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think that it was succinct. Um, was it? I mean, I took a lot of shrapnel there. Right, but like in a nice streamlined manner. Yeah, absolutely. It was kind. Like he got to his point in about 36 seconds. Uh, Jackson, any other questions for the six-shooter? Yeah, uh, I got a couple. I've got a flight to Teterboro. Right, no, I get it. And, you know, ask for uh, some peanuts. Um, happy 4th of July. No, I'm not going to go with this one. We're going to go with this one. I mean, you wrote these, didn't you? Kind of. Yeah, no, I did. Uh, Is there a ghostwriter for the six-shooter? I'll, I'll tease that for next week. Uh, I, I'm legitimately curious in this question. Now, you might think this is like, oh, prisoner of the moment kind of take, but I, I really am curious where your thoughts are on this. Domingo Armand threw a perfect game on Wednesday, the 24th in MLB history. Real ones know that that was actually the 25th. Shout out to that guy in the Tigers who got Oh, Armando Galarraga. Yeah, that was... That uh, was brutal. Jim Joyce, 2010, yeah. Comerica Park. That sounds about right. Brutal. 10 or 11. That is brutal. Yeah. That because he because that really is the twenty fifth uh, perfect game, so only twenty four perfect games in the World Series era history of Major League Baseball. So I ask this question: In your opinion, and I want to know what the audience thinks, is there a more impressive single player, single game performance than a perfect game in baseball? Is there anything more impressive that has been done before? Like, is the perfect game the most impressive single player stat you can have for one game? Wow, like a hundred points by Wilt. That's oh, now we're, we're going beyond baseball. Oh, beyond baseball. This is all of sports. Jeez. Yeah. Wow. Is there something that's more my impressive? My God, you hit me with this at 10.57 on my vacation. I know, I feel bad. But like, just based on the percentage of how this many games like this, have been this, played. This would be something that you boys can talk about for the full week. Yeah. Um, I think the 100-point would be the only thing that could compete with it. Because that's only been done once, and this has been done 24 times. God, like when somebody was absolutely in a zone that they could not be stopped and just, God. I mean, it's certainly there. I think when you have like a, a Gibson World Series. Yeah, yeah, 17 strikeouts. Because you're just, you're so dominating yeah. and you're going against peak performance. And I'm not taking anything away from, you know, what the Yankees did. But it was the 2023 Oakland A's, and Bob Gibson doing that's in the World Series against what wound up being the eventual world champions. Um, I don't know. I feel like there, you know, there's got to be some that I'm just not thinking. Of. I feel like in football, it's so team oriented. Right. Football is kind of almost a non starter. Right. Because it's, it'd be nothing like. Uh, there's no like Tom Brady stat you could pull out that would be like more impressive than a perfect game or 100 points in a basketball game or. Bob Gibson, 17 strikeouts. And this is one game, so like not a season performance. This is what, what you can do in one game. And I don't I think that the perfect game might be the most impressive thing. I guess if someone had like two hole in ones in around the golf, but even that's a little bit of luck. Yeah, see, I mean from that standpoint, I go, okay, what do you do over 18 holes and where you just, you know, do you shoot like a 58 or yeah, 59 like or something ridiculous like what Furick did? But so I don't know, Jax. It's a great question. That gives you that in Arliss should fill the vacation. Yeah. If I was if there was any doubt about uh, one on one putting me in this spot, today's show fully it's a full endorsement. Oh my god, is it really? You're, How you're can saying it not be? that it's a full endorsement. That's interesting. You're endorsing yourself. Well, you know I'm if, running for office. Wow, who's your biggest endorser? Me. That's, nice. I'm sure that's been done before, but uh, <laughs> I think that um, I think that's important to believe in yourself. Okay, believe you Ted gotta, Lasso. Right, that's the theme. You got to be your own biggest supporter. Uh, Action Jackson will be uh, filling in with uh, cohorts next week. 
Matt Rocchio, we know, is in. I believe Grant will be helping on producing. And uh, maybe Marshy Marsh and his playful posse. I don't know. I'll be tuning in. That's yeah. what I know I'll be doing. I can't wait. Yeah, it's uh, coming up. I will be back with you on the 17th of July, and I'll be chiming in on TMA over the next couple of weeks via my uh, laptop on uh, YouTube.com slash TMASTL. Time for us to shut it down. BK and Ferrario are up next. Have a wonderful 4th of July weekend to everyone, to you, your friends, your families. Enjoy the festivities, whether it be in this area or if you are traveling for Action Jackson, who endorses himself. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party, driven by Mungan St. Louis, Acura, and Altoid. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.